My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. You're listening to a Frequency Podcast Network production in association with City News. By now, most people understand that foreign powers such as China and Russia, attempt to influence elections in rival nations. We all know that by now. But that doesn't mean it's not shocking to find out that it's happening here and that the government in power has known about it for years and didn't bother to inform the voters. Conservatives say if Canada can't do anything about Chinese interference in Canadian elections, it'll just keep happening. Tories successfully passing a motion to expand a study into foreign electoral interference in light of a Globe and Mail report on what CSIS knew about Chinese interference in the 2021 and 2019 federal elections. The simple fact that we only learn of these attempts on our democracy through leaked intelligence documents and sources inside the agencies is a little troubling, to say the least. But fortunately, the government doesn't seem too worried about it and doesn't seem to think you should be either. And so that our very top public servants in an independent, nonpartisan way could ensure that the the integrity of our elections holds. They did that in 2019 for the very first time and reported that it helped. They did that again in 2021. The optics on this story are not great for the Liberals. The media, their political opponents, former party advisors, and lots and lots of regular Canadians all would like a public inquiry, just to get to the bottom of this. So far, though, it seems we won't get one, which makes you wonder, why not? What might such an inquiry reveal? And what else is out there? in CSIS documents or elsewhere, that might detail exactly what was happening when and who knew about it. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. This is The Big Story. Robert Fife is the Globe and Mail's Ottawa bureau chief. He has been all over this story for the past couple of weeks. Hey, Bob. Oh, I was going to ask you to start with a broad answer of what we're learning, but uh, this morning on Tuesday, you guys published another scoop. Can you talk to me a little bit about what we just learned about Chinese influence on perhaps uh, Justin Trudeau going as far back as before he was prime minister? Well, let's start with uh, after he became prime minister in October 2015. Soon after that, he began to have... um, private cash for access uh, fundraisers at the homes of uh, wealthy people, both uh, the prime minister and some of his senior ministers like finance minister Bill Morneau at the time. We came across and found out that at one uh, fundraiser at the home of a wealthy Toronto uh, Chinese Canadian businessman in May 2016, that a Chinese billionaire who was very close to the leadership of the Communist Party of China 
had attended that fundraiser, even though he's not a Canadian citizen and could not have donated. And then a few months later, we discovered that he gave a million dollars in memory of Pierre Elliott Trudeau. $200,000 went to the Pierre Trudeau, Elliott Trudeau Foundation, $50,000 for the statue of the former prime minister, and $750,000 the University of Montreal Faculty of Law, where Mr. Trudeau Sr. had graduated from and had later taught law. That caused quite a big stink because it looked very suspicious on why a Chinese billionaire would be giving money to the Trudeau Foundation and to the Faculty of Law in memory of uh, Mr. Trudeau Sr. And now we've discovered from a national security source that they picked up a conversation between the Chinese billionaire and a commercial attache at a Chinese consulate here in Canada in 2014 in which they discussed uh, the chances of Mr. Trudeau potentially winning uh, the prime ministership, and if so, that uh, he should make a large donation to the Trudeau Foundation of a million dollars and that the hmm. Chinese government would reimburse him for it. So that's the earliest uh, instance we've seen reported so far. Here comes my broad question. You guys, as I mentioned, uh, have been reporting on this for a couple of weeks now. What do we know in totality about Chinese interference in Canadian politics? And and how are we coming to know this? Well, China has been involved in trying to uh, influence and interfere in Canadian elections for some time. They do it not only here in Canada, but in the United States, Australia, and other parts of the world, particularly where they have uh, large um, mainland Chinese uh, immigrant communities. They have proxies in these communities that they try to use to influence and people to vote a particular way or to elect uh, members of parliament, unwittingly or wittingly, who may not be critical of China. They prefer people who not be critical of China. They try to influence business people. They try to influence uh, politicians and obviously and officials. It's pretty widespread. It's been going on for a considerable period of time. We have not known the extent of the interference operations until you know, we've been able to see CSIS documents or view CSIS documents that have uh, laid out in pretty good detail the, the method that China uses. For example, in the 2021 election campaign, the CSIS documents explain methods that China would use to try to elect preferred candidates and defeat uh, conservative candidates who they felt were unfriendly to, to Beijing. And so that would be involved, first of all, a very sophisticated disinformation campaigns through uh, social media such as WeChat or through uh, friendly uh, Chinese language media, as well as cash transfers to supporters or candidates, having uh, friendly companies hire international students who are studying in Canada to work as paid volunteers uh, for candidates that they would prefer to get elected. And also, in some cases, business people who don't donate it to campaigns, once they got uh, the tax receipt back from the government for their contribution, the political campaigns or the consulate would, would make up the, the difference for the, for the money yeah. that was paid. So it's very detailed. It's very sophisticated. We have a case where a Chinese official is saying that, you know, that, they weren't all that happy in 2021 with the liberals, but they 
regarded the Liberals as the best alternative to the other parties. Oh. And, but they didn't want them to win a, minor, a majority government. Beijing didn't like the fact that in a minority parliament, people are always fighting all the time. And that means that they're, if they're fighting amongst themselves, they're unlikely to do anything that would be have negative consequences for China. Right. And we also know from the CSIS documents reviewed that the then consul general in Vancouver had boasted about defeating uh, two conservative MPs in the 2020 election. One of them was Kenny Chu, who had immigrated from Hong Kong and had been a very strong critic of Beijing's crackdown on Hong Kong pro-democracy dissidents and had tabled a private member's bill in parliament that would have set up a foreign influence registry. And this kind of registry is already in place in Australia and in the United States and other countries. And what it means is that, you know, former politicians or lawyers or lobbyists or even members of the media who may be getting paid by China they'd have to register so that if somebody was on your program as a former politician was on your program and he seems to be saying sympathetic things to China, you could look up and say, well, now I know why, because he's being paid to do so. How unusual is it for uh, CSIS documents, particularly with this level of detail, um, to get out like this? I'm trying to understand sort of the, the context of this scoop and the information that keeps being revealed. Well, it's unheard of. Uh, I mean, I've been covering politics for over 40 years. I've never seen any kind of uh, leak of sensitive CSIS documents like this before. And I think it just goes shows the depth of uneasiness within the, the Canadian spy service that they that people would come forward with this information or national security people would come forward with this kind of information because of concerns that the government is not taking the threat of Chinese interference in our democracy as seriously as people who are investigating it do. My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now. What was going through your head as you first went through the documents? What was your initial reaction? You know, I, I, I wasn't overly surprised in some ways, but... Um, to see the actual documents that lay it out, it, it, it confirms some of my suspicions, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't sure of the depth of it. And, and the documents clearly show that it's a very, very serious problem, which is why you have people like uh, Richard Fadden, the former director of CSIS and a former national security advisor to Mr. Trudeau and Stephen Harper saying that we need a public inquiry Former Chief Electoral Officer Jean-Pierre Kingsley has also said we need a public inquiry into this. Quite a number of Canadians have come forward and said there's, it's absolutely necessary to have a public inquiry. Right now, there's a parliamentary uh, committee that's uh, looking into this. And Trudeau said yesterday, well, that's that's the way to go. But really, it isn't because these things get bogged down in partisanship. Uh, the Liberal, Liberal MPs have been doing everything they can to... Uh, deny requests from the opposition parties to call, uh, for example, Prime Minister Trudeau's chief of staff, Katie Telford, and former ministers who were there, at who were in charge of public safety and foreign affairs 
in, in at 2021 election, for example. Right. Even though this committee has been looking at uh, the Chinese interference, they started with the 2019 election campaign. They've asked for documents, and when the documents uh, are shown to the committee, they're just they're all there's nothing in them. They're all blanked out, and officials won't say anything because they're they're obligated on the Security Information Act not to be able to reveal secrets. Right. So this committee is not going to find out anything. So the best way to deal with this is a public inquiry. Mr. Fadden said it should be held headed by a judge. A judge then could hold in-camera hearings when necessary. He could have access to all the secret unredacted documents. And he'd have subpoena powers to be able to call whoever he wanted to testify to him. Some of it would obviously have to be handled behind doors, closed doors, because it involves counterintelligence operations. Mm -hmm. But other, other parts could be handled in the public. And the best way to deal with um, interference anytime, whether it's uh, Chinese foreign interference or Russian interference or U.S., you know, right-wing PACs coming up and providing money to right-wing groups, is through sunlight and transparency. People, If people know what is going on, they counter it. I want to circle back to the political fighting over the potential of an inquiry. But first... Let's talk about how the government has handled this since the stories began to emerge. What was their initial reaction when uh, the first report broke? Well, they, they've been saying all along here that there's nothing to see here. They've always said, look, we've acknowledged that interference is a problem, but two independent reports from bureaucrats have, have said that the outcome of the elections in 2019 and 2021 have not been affected. Well, that is true. The Liberals did win more seats than the uh, conservatives. But, you know, we know from the consul general in the 2020 election that she believes she helped defeat two conservative MPs. And Aaron O'Toole, who was the conservative leader in the 2021 election, believes that the party lost up to nine seats. It wouldn't matter if they lost one or 20. Mm-hmm. We do not want any country, particularly a hostile adversary, to be interfering in our democracy, period. So the prime minister started, you know, saying that there's nothing to see here. And then he said the outcome hasn't been affected. And his latest defense is that if you raise any of these concerns, because it may involve Chinese Canadian members of parliament, you're you're a racist. What needs to happen um, in order for an inquiry to take place? Prime minister has to say about a public pressure and, and announce that he'll have a public inquiry. It's just, It's simple as that. It's all in his hands. There's nothing opposition parties can do to come together and push for this. No, it requires the government to appoint a public inquiry under the Inquiries Act. What have we learned as all this has gone on about what top liberals knew about what was happening and when they knew it? We're all finding out about this now. What did they know at the time? Well, they knew uh, a lot about this because they get uh, security briefings from uh, the CSIS director and also, a lot of these reports that uh, we viewed have been shared with uh, departments that are responsible for security, also shared, by the way, with uh, our Five Eyes allies, which is the United States, Australia, New Zealand, and the United Kingdom. And some of these documents are also shared with the French and German spy services because they, too, have concern about Chinese interference operations. So the prime minister was aware of this, government was aware of this, and they've chose basically to ignore it. And conservatives say, well, they have reason to ignore it because they're the ones who benefited from it. (laughs) 
and they may have a point. What do they think should have been done instead? Well, I think we need to have a public inquiry um, to begin with. Uh, some people said we should have expelled some Chinese diplomats who were involved in these operations, even though that might have meant a tit-for-tat response. But you have to show China that you're very serious and very concerned about these kind of interference activities. Uh, we need to set up a public registry, agent registry, so we know who's trying to influence our Canadian politics. Uh, the Criminal code needs to be changed so that there are charges for people who are involved in interference operations. And I'm not just talking about Chinese diplomats. I'm talking about their proxies in the in the business and uh, community associations who may be involved in these kind of activities. And CSIS has to have uh, more powers to be able to uh, tell Canadians when there are uh, these kind of instances are happening, which they do. They're not allowed to right now. I swear I'm not trying to ask a leading question, but why wouldn't we have an inquiry? What is the case that the government is making against that? We just had a a public inquiry for uh, the convoy in Ottawa last year, and I think most Canadians, uh, including journalists that we had on this program, felt it was remarkably transparent and really good for democracy. I'm not in the the prime minister's brain or or do I know what what they're thinking in the prime minister's office but we can only say what he said which is that he thinks that the parliamentary inquiry is good enough which it clearly is not and he's also saying that the national security and intelligence uh, committee of parliamentarians which is a group of parliamentarians who are, um, have access to secret documents are sworn to secrecy uh, should be studying this as well and making recommendations. Um, this committee, by the way, is not independent of the government. It hmm. reports to the prime minister's office, and the prime minister can and does re- redact information that is given to the public. Have we had any comment on this uh, from the Chinese Communist Party or or the embassy or diplomats in Canada? Yeah, they said we should stop writing these stories that were smearing China and that they would never, ever do anything like that. They would never interfere in Canadian politics. I see. <laughs> um, from your point of view, you guys have continually brought up new information that's coming to light. What do you still really want to know? What are your most pressing questions, you know, as it stands today? Well, I, I think it's just simple. Um, you know, we have seen some documents, but they're not the full extent of what CSIS knows and has seen. Uh, we're only seeing snapshots. And that's why I do think that a public inquiry is necessary so that we can have somebody uh, who's highly respected and would have access to all the secret documents paint a picture for us of how extensive this interference is. Is it as extensive as where what we think it is based on the limited number of uh, documents we've seen? Or is it uh, much wider than that? Mm-hmm. And I don't have the answer to that. And that's why I think Canadians would be well served if there was a public inquiry. And it shouldn't just look at uh, Chinese foreign interference. It should look at foreign interference uh, from Russia as well. For example, they are, are involved in, uh, you know, bots and whatnot, as we've seen in the United States, but they've done it here as well. Right. And, you know, uh, we've seen the influence of, uh, American extremists in the right, on the right involved in the trucker convoy. So that itself would be, uh, I think a worthwhile 
part of a of an inquiry if their government was to do that. It should it shouldn't just focus on China. I think it should focus on a on a on the whole spectrum of foreign interference. Last question. Um what might come next? What are you going to be watching for in the next couple of days? Uh, what do you expect? And uh, are you guys getting ready to, to publish more reports and sources? Well, the parliamentary uh, committee is going to hear from uh, Mr. Trudeau's national security advisor, Jody Thomas, okay, as well as some uh, other senior officials and including CSIS officials. So we're all going to be looking forward to what um, she has to say to the committee. And as for whether we have anything more, uh, I will just say, stay tuned. Robert Fife, Ottawa Bureau Chief for The Globe and Mail. That was The Big Story. For more, head to thebigstorypodcast.ca. Look us up on Twitter at thebigstoryfpn. You can always ask us a question by emailing hello at thebigstorypodcast.ca or calling and leaving a voicemail at 416-935-5935. Thanks for listening. I'm Jordan Heath-Rawlings. We'll talk tomorrow. My name is John Cullen, and I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and curling. It's the story of Broomgate, how a single broom, yes, a broom, turned friends into foes and almost killed the 500-year-old sport of curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate, available now.